Jeremiah chapter 17. We'll start there today. I've been teaching, preaching to you concerning offense and bitterness. And we've got on the story of Joseph for several weeks dealing with how Joseph dealt with intentional, being wounded intentionally. 87% of the stuff we get bitter over and get offended over is assumption. That should wake you up. 87% of offenses are misunderstandings and communication errors and assumption. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to simmer there just for about 10 seconds because that is so vital. We are still struggling over that. But you need that revelation to nail it in your mind. So when you're hurt, offended, or something's bothered you, or something's offended you, you need to automatically set down and say, okay, what is facts? Truth, not facts, but truth. Facts is you could see me riding in a Ferrari. I seen him. He's riding downtown in a Ferrari. But the truth is, I was helping the car lot move their cars from one car lot to the other. Is it mine? Facts say I was in it. But the truth is, I was moving it, or helping move it from one car lot to another. Facts and truth are two totally different things. If you can get that revelation, your life's going to change. Will y'all be all right if I teach, preach, like I do on Wednesday nights a little bit right here? Facts and truth. The facts are Joseph or Jacob was told that his son was murdered or killed by a beast. They even had the coat of many colors with blood all over it to show Jacob. Daddy, he was killed. Daddy, he was murdered. A wild beast tore him. So he has the evidence in his hands. Man, I don't <laughs> A bloody coat of many colors that he holds. And you and I know both well that coat meant so much to Joseph. So the blood and all that stuff. I don't think he threw it away. It's the last thing, it was the one thing that he, he did for his son, so he kept that. And so how many knows probably days and weeks and months he'd take that bloody coat and weep over it? Weeping over facts. Broken over facts, but not truth. Are you with me? Evidence of it. One side of the story that he was told, but not the truth. I didn't have any of this in my notes, but I'm, I'm here right this second. I didn't have any of this five minutes before what I'm saying right now, or even ten seconds before what I said right now. But that coat was evidence. And now how many times did the enemy say, look at that coat. He's dead. Look at that coat. Facts and truth are two toe. Facts is he's got a bloody coat. The facts is it is Joseph's coat. The fact is it is bloody. And so for almost 12, anywhere from 12, some say 12 to 17 years, Jacob had nothing but a bloody coat to look at. But the truth is his son is very much alive. He's being sold to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife tries to, to he, he gets blessed in Potiphar's house. Everything he touches blessed. He goes to the crops. The crops are blessed. Everything he touches. To the point, watch this, that Potiphar said, who are you? Do you know how many slaves I have working for me? Do you know how many slaves I bought? But none of them are like you. 
oh, this is so good. Out of all the slaves that he had from all over the world or different places that they brought him in and sold him, who are you? The Bible says Potiphar wanted to know who you are. Because all these other slaves come from different cultures, different backgrounds and stuff, but they're gods that they served and worshipped. But everything, and because of Joseph's spirit, his attitude, his character, and the favor and the blessings of God on his life, it made a heathen man from a heathen country want to know who are you and who is your God. Who are you and who is your God? The way you handle pain, hurt, offense brings out in you character and personality that people will want to know, who are you? They didn't call Jesus, you've heard me say this again, the son of God when he healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out devils, calmed the storm. They said, never man spake like this man. But they didn't call him the son of God until he was hanging on the tree, suffering, portrayed, being murdered. And from that he cried, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They think they're justified in what they're doing. They think they're right in what they're doing. They think that what they're doing is, is God's work. And he says, Father, forgive them. And when he does, them around the cross said, Surely he was the Son of God. Because in his hour of his greatest suffering and trial and temptation is that of being betrayed. Even the 12 that he chose that he lived with for three and a half years, only one is there. Peter is afar off. John is the only one that was there, there. The others might have been in the crowd. But John was at the cross. Peter was afar off. So not only being rejected, only just a week before they're waving palm branches, but now he's being the crying crucified. And the only one in his life is John and Mary and, and Mary Magdalene. But as far as the 12 disciples, John. The Bible said Peter followed afar off, so he had to be in the crowd. I don't know, the Bible doesn't really state the others. Being rejected and crucified, betrayed, and then being deserted by your friends. And he cries, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Your character during that time of suffering and pain and hurt. Now that's, what's this? That's only 13% of the stuff that happens to us. 87% we're hurt, bitter, and offended over is assumption. Facts that you could not use in a court of law to prove guilty. Well, you are quiet in this house. You've got people locked up in your heart and in your mind that you have locked up in sales and jailed them in your life you have no undisputed truth to have them locked up. 87% of the inmates in your mind and your heart is factual and assumption. That revelation within itself is liberating. So you, if you don't have undisputed truth, you need to walk down the corridors of your heart and mind and unlock that cell and say, I don't have enough proof that you meant that. That you intended on that. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to turn you loose. Well, what about the 13% pastor? What do we do with them? That's what I'm talking about. Joseph and Jesus. 
This is dealing with the 13%. That is fact. That is truth. They intended to betray you. They intended to hurt you. They intended. I'm telling you right now, in our lives, some of you right now, are fa- the stuff you face and the stuff you got, you are locked down in certain situations and stuck because of situations, circumstances, that's your perception. Because I'm going to tell you, you're perception folks i've been dealing with people and talking to people and that's one reason why i I usually have witnesses or either recordings because i have to be able to go back and say this is what you said because i'm going to tell you this is how bad deception is and perception i've had people look at me say you and i'd be talking in a conversation and i and they'll say you said and i said i didn't say that and they believed with everything within them i said what that that they think i said and the witnesses in there said, he, he didn't say that. It's so bad sometimes. I mean, I'm, I've had two or three situations where, and I'm sitting here going, I, I didn't say that. I, I did not say those words. I didn't even say that. I didn't even mean to say that that way. And, and people and the witness say, I, I'm here. And then I'll say, I got it recorded right here. Let's go back and listen. But you know why they believe that? Because their perception hears that. The perception hears that. There's a, there's a meme and a, and a quote that's going around. Perception will cause you to hear things that were never said. See things that were never done. Because of your perception. That's why the enemy starts so early in your life. It gets you offended and hurt and wounded. Because it messes up your perception. Now everybody from there till now lives through those lenses you live through the rest of your life through those glasses you see everybody through those glasses you view most all your situations through those glasses so what do we do pastor that's what i'm saying when jesus saves you we have It's more than saving you from the drugs, the alcohol, the addiction, the lust. He come to save you from the sins you committed, but he come to deliver you from you. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The wounded for my transgressions are are my actions, the sins I committed But the bruised is the stuff underneath the skin. The stuff that I got, my iniquities. That word iniquities is that stuff that's deep embedded in me that came from my birth, my nature, my family, my raising. Somebody needs to say, he wasn't just wounded for my transgressions to deliver me from my sin, my actions, my disobedience. He come to save me from me. He come to heal me. You need to come to Christ and say, I not only needed deliverance from my addictions, I need deliverance from the soul addictions, the perceptions, the way I view society, the way I view the world, the way I view Heal me, God. That's why in Isaiah that I've read you that scripture, God said to the people of Israel, When I heal my people of the stroke of their wounds, the moon shall be like the noonday sun, and the sun shall be like seven suns in one day. Folks, do you not get that? That means God says, when I heal you, the light's coming on. The moon's going to shine like that noonday sun shining right now. If there wasn't no clouds, you know how bright it is at the noonday? He says, when I heal you, the moon and your nights are going to shine like the noonday sun. And your sun is going to shine like seven suns in one day shining. The light is going to come on in your life, your relationships, your friendships, your marriage, your your future. Amen. Somebody say, heal me, Lord. Somebody That ought to be the the, the cry of your heart from this day forward. I don't want to live another day without being healed. 
I want to be healed. I want you to shine your light. I want you to heal me the strokes of my wounds. Heal me mentally. Heal me emotionally. Amen. Physically, heal me, God. And everything in your life is going to become like that. Amen. And that's healing. When that light comes on, that means that 87% is going out the door because it's going to shine a light on all that assumption stuff. But then the 13%, that means they intendedly did, they intentionally did it. They, they devised it. But folks, even then, they're given over to their own perceptions. And that's why Jesus said, forgive them. for They don't even know what they're doing. They're doing it, but they don't even know they're doing it. They don't even know why they're doing it. It's the failure of humanity. It's the failure of who is it? Whose fault is it? It's filio. It's filio love. It's selfish love. That's what's happening and that's what's causing it. And all of a sudden it releases me from people. Now watch this. He begins to teach me all this. And we learned this with Joseph. And now we find out that they intentionally hurt him. They intentionally, they intentionally put him in a pit. They intentionally sold him. They intentionally got rid of him. They intentionally did all. But here he is, sold into slavery. But he's out there raking and, 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 and taking the hoe and the shovels or whatever they had. And he's planting and everything he touches is blessed. And he refuses to get bitter. All of a sudden, Potiphar brings him in the house. And when Potiphar brings him in the house, he now is put and promoted and favored over the entire... He got promoted and favored out in the, in, in the fields, and then he got promoted and favored in the house. And the next thing you know, he's the greatest in the house except for Potiphar to the point that when his wife tried to lay with him because he's a young slave and she tried to, to be with him intimately and he told her no daily, no, no, no. He, he, he refused daily, no, 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 no. That didn't just happen one day. She was after him for days. And then all of a sudden one day she caught him in a predicament where it was just him and her and he, he rejected her and she grabbed him and when she grabbed him, he ripped himself away from her and fled. She grabbed his coat as he ran and she, by the time she hollered, they come in. She said, he tried to mess with me. I got his coat to prove it. I, I got, I, I, it's not his coat of many colors, his daddy had it, but whatever garment he had, she grabbed it and he fled. Now watch this. How many knows in that time, in, in those times, if you even looked wrong and you was a slave, especially you'd be murdered, you'd be killed. They'd just stone you and kill you, get rid of you. You ain't going to prison. The fact that Potiphar put him in prison and didn't kill him was a miracle. Then Potiphar visited him. Do you visit the man that tried to rape your wife and check on him to make sure he's all right? No. Even Potiphar knew the character of Joseph over his own wife. Boy, y'all quiet today. Injustice. And now he's in the prison for about two or three years. And then here comes the butler and baker. And he, they dream a dream. And he tells them the story. They say, we'll remember you. And he, they forget about him and go on about their business. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream. And when Pharaoh has a dream, guess what happens? They look at, oh, there's a guy in that prison that we met that has a, a, the spirit of God, uh, of the living God on him. And he can tell dreams. And Pharaoh said, you bring him to me. I, I, need, I need rest in my mind. I don't know what this means. And, amen. God calls the number one power on earth at that time, the emperor, the, the, the king of Egypt. Amen. The, but the greatest power known to man at that time caused him to dream a dream that nobody else could answer. He calls him to need him. You hear me? There is coming a day that the world is going to need our God. And when they need our God, they're going to turn to us. 
We may be in pits and prisons and slavery and be, come on, in all kinds of situations, but there's coming a day that the world is going to realize the government ain't the answer. Medical experts is not the answer. I need a God that's real. I need a God that's alive. I need a God, amen, that, 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 that demonstrates his power. And when they're done, they're going to say, my neighbor, they go to church, they're faithful, they're devoted. I promise you, when your neighbor, when they, when, when they get sick to the point they can't, amen, are you hearing me? Or their child is sick to the point of death and the emergency room can't take them, they're going to start. All of a sudden, that people, right, they're praying people. We're going to go knock on their door and you've got to be ready. Somebody say Amen. You can't be bitter. You can't be offended. You can't be captivated by hurts. You got to be ready. Somebody say, man. Now Joseph has two children. He's brought from the pit to the palace and he's ready for this. He was the number one in the field. In Potiphar's house, he becomes second to only Potiphar. Now he's in the kingdom of Egypt and he's second only to the Pharaoh. He went from the pit to the palace and second in command to only Pharaoh. But in the midst of all that, his brothers show up and he realizes everything I've been through was for me to be able to take care of you. Preserve the seed of God. The seed of the Messiah is in them 12 boys. Y'all ain't ready to have church with me. The seed of the Messiah is in the ones that sowed him. The seed of the Messiah is in the ones that connived and schemed to get rid of him. Somebody shout Amen. And it ain't even, the seed's not going to come from him. It's going to come from Judah. Amen. Amen. And Judah was part of that. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. And all of a sudden you realize Joseph is not even going to be the one that's going to bring that to pass. Amen. The, The Messiah. Amen. He's going to protect Amen. You realize what could have happened if Joseph had got bitter and revengeful and could have killed those? We know God would have made a way for Judah to get out of there because the Messiah was coming. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. It hinged on the forgiveness. Oh, I feel like preaching right here. How many situations do we need to release and forgive and heal over because the seed... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and say, heal me, oh God. Help me to release it, oh God. Amen. Amen. Heal me, oh Lord, and I shall be healed. David or Jeremiah said, save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Can you shout amen this morning? Joseph. He says, I'm here now. The dream's clear now. I'm here to protect you and provide for you. So he looks at him and says, I'm going to comfort you. I'm I'm not only going to make sure you got food, but I'm going to make sure you got a place to live. I'm also going to make sure that your children and their children's children is going to be took care of. How does that happen? He had a Manasseh. And the Bible says that word Manasseh, he hath caused me to forget. He hath caused me to forget. He has caused me to forget all of my pain in the land of my trouble, in the land of my dilemma, in the land. I am telling you right now, I'm backtracking, I guess. Manasseh is conceived, nourished, and then brought forth. It don't happen overnight, but there's a healing that can come to you that when you birth Manasseh, you lift your hands and say, he hath caused me. He hath caused me. His blessings hath caused me to forget. 
his, his overwhelming. I wish y'all could have church with me. Some of you need to lift your hands and say, you mean to tell me I can get to a place where there's a miracle working God that don't just cause legs to walk and blind eyes to see, but he can cause me to forget all my struggle, all my dilemma, all my battle. He'll cause me to forget. And then he tagged this on there and caused me to forget all of my dilemma and my father's house. He wants to heal you not only of the dilemma you're in, but your childhood that caused the perceptions that have caused the offense. He says, when I heal you, I'm not just healing you of the situation right now, but I'm going to heal you in the roots. I'm going to say it like them old preachers from the mountain, in the roots. I'm going to heal you from the roots up. I'm going to heal you in your foundation. It's going to rise up through you, and it's going to heal. Every How many knows if you can get it in the, oh, I wish I how many knows if you can get it in the roots, it's going to come up into the tree, into the branches, and into the fruit. God wants to heal you to the point that it heals you from the roots all the way up through the system, into the branches, into the fruit. Which tells me, guess what tells me, amen, that if this is in my roots, it's coming up into my tree, out my branches, and into my fruit, into my children, into my seed. That's why you got to heal. Hey, God Almighty, you got to heal. Hey, God Almighty, you got to heal. It's got to stop with you. It's got to stop with you at 14. It's got to stop with you at 12. Hallelujah, I was 14 and he healed me. Praise God. And I sat in this house, amen, with my entire family that split, destroyed, ripped apart by the devil. And we still sat here and we worshiped together and we praised together. And my heritage changed. And my genealogy changed. And my future changed. And my children changed. And my grandchildren changed. Why? Something happened in my roots that came up in my tree, that came into my branches, that got into my fruit. And one of these days, my great-grandchildren are going to swing underneath the root or the branches of this cedar in Lebanon. Somebody say, I'm healing it now. I'm stopping it now. My children won't. You say, Pastor, I done got five kids and three of them's done out of the house. I only got two left. I'm telling you, let him heal your roots. It'll reach them that's done out of the house. It's power in the healing of the root system of your life. Somebody shout, it ain't too late. It ain't too late. I'm telling you, when the sun, moon breaks forth like the sun and seven suns in one day, it's coming through my roots, through my trunk, through my tree, into my branches. My fruit's going to feel it. <laughs> Heal me and my roots. Amen. Are you with me today? Give me Isaiah 5. Let's look at Isaiah 5 real quick. This stuff gets so crazy good. Here's where we are. This is what I've been trying to preach for the last 20 minutes and I just got here. He wants you to be trees. He describes himself as a vineyard dresser throughout the Bible. He's a vineyard dresser. It's what he does. Isaiah 5, verse 1 is fine. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song, my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. <laughs> Woo! I'm in his vineyard and I'm on a fruitful hill. <laughs> Woo! He rescued me and planted me in his house, in his presence, in his sanctuary on a fruitful hill. You're not just serving for now, folks. You're serving for the future. You're serving for your grandchildren if the Lord tarries. You're serving for you got to get over it. you got to get healed. you got to let it go. It's got to stop here. Hallelujah. 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 
Now will I sing to my well-beloved. A song of my beloved touching his vineyard. Well-beloved hath a vineyard and very fruitful him. Somebody say, you're too old to preach like that, Pastor. He fenced it. He fenced it. And gathered out the stones thereof. He took that vineyard and fenced it. And he gathered out all the stony stuff. And planted it with the choicest vine. And built a tower in the midst of it. Can you say amen? Oh, and also made a wine press there. Praise God. And look, he looked that it should bring forth grapes. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? He's talking about Israel. This is what he did with Israel. But it's spiritual with us. Amen. In a fruitful hill. Can you say amen? Give me Isaiah 61. Amen. Now, I think it's somewhere around 3 or 4. Let me make sure so you can see this. This gets so good. Amen. Isaiah chapter 61. Amen. When the Bible starts talking about, amen, the Spirit of the Lord God. Everybody say this. Is this in the Amplified, sister? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me. I'm saying Amplified because we don't read it in the KG. The Spirit of the Lord is a God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me and qualified me to preach the gospel. This is Jesus talk, or this is the prophecy concerning Jesus. Jesus is going to quote this in the New Testament when he comes, and he does. He says these words, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me and qualified me to preach the gospel, the good things to the meek, the poor, the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives. And the opening of the prison and, and the, the, of the eyes of those who are bound. Stop right there. The eyes of those who are bound. Somebody say, well, my eyes open. <laughs> That's more than just physical eyes. Oh, I seen the blessed light shining. So fair and bright coming from God above. Scattering night shining on even me, making my spirit free. Gladly I sing today, I've seen the light. Some of you are going, what's that? You missed that old church, didn't you? The most, like Liberty Face, I'm the holiness churches. They had seen the men are on one side and the women are on the other. And they sing in that choir and they got parts. Praise God. One of my favorite churches sing how you love to hear the love of God. Amen. Liberty faith. They sing deep down in my heart. Amen. But I, I love Prattful Summits. Holiness Church. They would sing it. And they had a, an older guy. He's passed now. He was young, younger then. But he'd sing. I've seen the blessed light. Shining so very bright, coming from God above. And they were back, they, they back each other up. Scattering night, shining on even me. And now you think, what, what, why did the church get so fired up about seeing the light? Because all of a sudden the moon shining like the day, noonday sun and seven suns like one day. I seen the light, the eyes of the bondage of the prisoners have been opened and I see the light and I see it's like that alcoholic that had been an alcoholic for 40 something years and after he got saved the next morning he woke up flung the curtains back looked at his wife said man baby what a beautiful yard we have she thought to herself well that's odd he's seen that yard every morning for 40 something years amen praise God or 30 something years ever how long they've been married amen she said he went in there and he fixed his breakfast went out and took his coffee got on the front yard he said man baby what are we have you seen our rose garden you see she said baby we've had that rose garden for 20 something years what's different this morning he said I guess I'm just looking through different eyes today praise God you are looking through different eyes sir I seen the blessed light shining so fair and bright coming from God above scattering night Scatters the night. It's shining on even me. Boy, I'm sorry. I got a priest on it. But when they get that verse, that old brother, they would doom, 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 doom. And then that piano player would go doom. And the music would stop. 
And then he goes, I heard him whisper peace. Then they go back. I heard him whisper peace unto my soul. I felt redeeming grace over me roll. Nothing have I to fear while in his sight. I'm fully satisfied. I've seen the light. I've seen the blessed light shining so fair and bright. Ooh, when you sing that, amen. Shining from God above, scattering night. He's shining on even me, making my spirit free. Then we say, gladly we sing today. I've seen the light. Woo, hallelujah. Lift your hands and give him glory. All over this house. I've seen it, amen. I can't think of the other verse right now. Rebecca, you may remember the other verse. Amen. I heard him whisper peace. They would go into, I'm telling you, that'd be all she wrote. They'd come out of the choir running. The crowd would be shouting and dancing. Amen. Why over light? What's light? You saw the light. Yes, light don't just mean the light came on up there. It means revelation come. It meant my eyes were open. Now, the eyes of the blind are going to be open. The deaf ears are going to be stopped, unstopped. And the tongue of the dumb that could not sing is going to be healed. And they're going to sing. When God heals you, the blind's going to see. The ears are going to hear and the tongue is going to be loosed and sing and rejoice somebody shout he didn't just save me he saved me to the uttermost Woo! I said he saved me to the uttermost he pulled me out of the guttermost and he saved me to the uttermost he saved me from my toes up he saved me from my roots up he saved me hallelujah there to be about another 30 seconds of hallelujahs all over this house and if you don't feel that and don't got it you ought to be jumping up grabbing it that's mine I ain't leaving here till I got it. I ain't leaving here till I get it prayed through. Y'all got to be like Sister Becky when she started seeking salvation. Praise God. The whole thing turned around, didn't it, Chastity? Praise God. When Mama started seeking salvation, that backslid, walked away from God, Daddy of mine. Amen. When Sister Becky started seeking salvation, he said, I'm in trouble. Praise God. I might have... Amen. He couldn't take it no more, Brother Darrell. Praise God. He knew his days were numbered. Praise God. She started seeking salvation. She'd call me. She'd say, I went to a church this morning, Greg. They was living in Phoenix City. And I said, well, how was it? Amen. I don't know. She said, it ain't like y'all's. Praise God. I said, well, it's all right, Mama. It's okay. Amen. It's just as long as they preach the gospel, you know, as long as Jesus being preached. She said, yeah, but it ain't like y'all. She said, I went down and prayed. I said, well, great. Amen. That's all you got to do. You just got to pray from your heart and believe, you know. She said, no. And for six months, she sought salvation. Praise God. And I was evangelizing. I couldn't come home. And so I'd want to go home and take her to church, find somewhere to go. But, oh, God bless it. That night after seeking for six months, all of a sudden, I was preaching revival. In that little country church. And I was preaching on the blood that night. It done got, it done got good. It done got rich. It done got like what David says, honey in the honeycomb. Anybody ever dealt with honey? It's going to get all over you, all over the stuff around you, and it's going to be sticky. It done got honey in the honeycomb. Everybody was feeling what we was feeling. It wasn't just one or two feeling what we was feeling. The whole house was filled. Honey was running in the seats. I done jumped up on the altar, dancing on the little two by six or eight. I'm a dancing and a preaching and a shouting about the blood of Jesus. 
all of a sudden I'm turning around when I do. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. When I do, there she was, tears are streaming, hands lifted up. Praise God. I went to lay hands on her when I did. It looked like somebody took a ball bat and went boom. I mean, it, she went flying backwards. Nothing hit her. They went nothing physically hit her. But you would have thought somebody hit a home run with her head. Bam. She went and flew backwards. And all the other time I said, did you get, did you pray? I prayed, but I, and she said, I'll, this is what she told me about a week or two before she got saved. She said, when I get it like you got it, I'll know I'm saved. I said, but Becky, all you got to do is say I'm sorry. All you got to do is believe with your heart. All you got to do is confess your sins. All, and I was going down the Roman road. And she's saying, Greg. And when she told me that, I shut up. Because I knew then, amen, her heart was in the right direction. But she had to have, I'm telling she wanted to have. I'm telling you, when that ball bat hit her, that spiritual Holy Ghost hit a home run with her head. Praise God, she flew backwards. She hit the floor. I am telling you right now, I did not have to say, did you get it? I did not have to say, how was it? I did not have to say, amen, how you feel? She come up off the floor, grabbed me. She said, I got it. I got it like you got it. I got it like you got it. You know what that's saying? I'm going to seek until I get it. That's somebody. Some of you need to get a hold of yourself and say, I want healing like that. I want healing like pastor's preaching. And if you ain't got it like healing like I'm talking about this morning, you have to say, bless God, I'm going to pray for it this morning. And if I don't get it healing in my life like that, I'll be seeking tonight. And if I don't get it tonight, I'll be seeking tomorrow in my house. And if I don't get it tomorrow, I'll be seeking Tuesday. But by Wednesday night, bless God, I'm coming in here with it. I want healing. I want healing in my roots. I want it in my tree. I want it in my branches. Lift your hands right now and shout, but more than any of that, I wanted to reach my fruit. I wanted to reach my fruit. I wanted to reach my children. Hallelujah. That's what seeking is. That's what the old timers did. They sought. Praise God. Amen. Hello, Calvary Holiness Church in Nashville. Over close to Brother Junior's, what's the Trinity? The most saints. That's why we need some elders. Jess is going to kill me because she's listening to one of her elders this morning. From last Sunday, she testified. Can I say it? No, you're going to say it. You say it. When it's your turn, I'll let you say it. It's powerful. I was still in the bed typing on my stuff. I still laying there doing my stuff. My office, that's my office. I hadn't got up yet. I was still doing my stuff. It was powerful. And I said, by the time I heard that lady speak, I knew who she was. It was powerful. She said, oh, we need elders like that. And them little elders, they couldn't stand up all the time. They done got feeble. We'd give them chairs. Y'all with me? These folks will tell you. That's some of their fellowship. Come here often. Them old grannies with them little buns, little bitty buns. Get down there and pray. I'd be, I was preaching right, I'd be struggling. I'd be struggling preaching. And all of a sudden, Granny Spivey, Roy Spivey's wife, he was an old prophet. He got the Holy Ghost and they kicked him out of the church because he was speaking in tongues. And they didn't want him in their, in their movement no more because they didn't believe in speaking in tongues, so they didn't want him. So old Roy said, well, that's fine. I'll just get out here and start. My, he didn't know where to go. He just knew I, it had, the Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he spoke in tongues. So he went out there and found him a, a stump on one of his pieces of property and just started preaching. And next thing you know, people was coming. And they started the entire movement and called it Wholeness Baptist. And that whole movement started because of Roy Spivey preaching on a stump. Because they were holding us Baptist. <laughs> I'm telling you, Roy Spivey's wife, 
Amen. He done outlived three. They all died. He done outlived three of them. And this was his third one. Amen. She was on fire for the Lord, too. Amen. He got, he got a heart attack when he was in, I forgot, maybe in his 80s. He had a heart attack. And I asked him, he said, Brother Greg, he said, I was laying in that bed when the Lord healed me of my heart attack. He said, I felt it when he squeezed it. 80-something years old. When he did, he got the shouting and the dancing. They had all them monitors on him. And he got to shouting in the bed, and he didn't come out of his bed, and he's just shouting inside the bed. Code blue went off. Beep, beep, beep. They went, sirens was going off everywhere, and here come the crash cart. Here come the nurses. He's having a heart attack. And when they got in there, he ain't having a heart attack. He's dancing around the bed. They said, Mr. Spivey, get back in the bed. You're having a heart attack. Praise God. He said, no, I ain't. He just healed me. My heart's fine. I felt him when he squeezed it. Praise God. That's how he was. Amen. Hallelujah. When his little wife died, I went to the funeral. And he didn't know I was anywhere in those parts. But I drove over to be at the funeral because I loved him. Amen. And I prayed with him a lot in the mornings when I preached for five was there. Amen. Oh, what a time. I'm telling you what. Oh, I got to live in that time of that that, that group was passing into the other world. A lot of you don't know all of that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, I was there and I'd come in and I was there and went to the cemetery. And he was about to, he was standing by his car and went over and I said, I just wanted you. And he turned his eyes, the glassy turned. He said, Well, boy, I didn't even know you was in these parts. Work. Yea, saith God, work while it's day. But night's coming when no man can work. Turned his head and sat down in the car and shut the door. Never even told me by. Last words he said to me. Tree. Oak. Cedar. But his little wife, before she died, I was preaching that there, and I, couldn't, I just couldn't break. All of a sudden, would nothing happen. It's dead. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. She come up out of her seat like this. Her little bow, ball. She didn't have enough hair left to put up in the beehive, so she just had a ball. It was going. <laughs> she did it just like this. She's speaking in tongues. And took that oil, did it like that. I'm preaching now. It's like I'm preaching right now. I'd be like Sister Becky shouting up here while I'm preaching. Y'all just looking at her. She got oil all of a sudden. She's about this tall. She went, she's trying to touch me. So I'm preaching my Bible to her. She touched me on the forehead. And when she did, she just went back to her seat. Within two minutes, the wind of heaven blew into that house. I'm telling you, it's like a fog. And a rushing mighty wind started from the front and went to the back. And on into the heavens we went. Praise God into the spirit. Heaven came down. Sinners praying and running to the altar. Backsliders weeping in the altar. Because that little woman obeyed God. Oh, give me some more cedars in Lebanon in this church. You look at me, you are not just here for survival. We live in a world where all we want to do is survive. But you need to lift your hands and say, survival is not what God intended. Planted in the vineyard by the streams. One of the scriptures says, whose roots are tended by the river. The river's tending to my roots. God, merciful, my God. Somebody say, I want Holy Ghost tending to my roots. I want the Holy, the river is the Spirit. I want the Spirit tending to my roots. And them old timers, this, that's where I got, and I got off on all that. Why don't y'all let me do that? They couldn't hardly get around unless the Spirit was on them. What'd you say, Daddy? Daddy was worried I forgot him. Y'all wouldn't have lasted, and you poor offended generation wouldn't have liked this. Y'all all left. 
Because this is what they did, them old grannies and granddaddies. They, we'd give them a chair. Y'all ever seen them do that? And them old boys, that backslider, that sinner be praying. We'd get on a chair. I just seen one of them. The other night, he's 80-something years old. Down there in that sawdust while I was preaching over there in Flomington area. He's reaching. His legs, hips stiff. He was reaching like this because he couldn't bend his knees. He's trying. I said, I got him a chair. And he scooted up close enough so he didn't have to bend. He said, he's touching. Come to find out he had had his appendage took out the day before. Eighty-something years of still in that altar just to crying and a praying. Yeah. I said, you want to go home with me? Come to find out that's what they did. He's a retired missionary. And they, they took in his wife and him and are taking care of him. I said, I'm going to do that one day. Praise God. It would be my dream, my vision, have little tiny homes on here for all retired missionaries and preachers that don't have to go over here and sit in a nursing home. And if they die and the widow's left, they can come and live here for free. How many of you like to have about 10 of them sitting in here every Sunday morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm off. That's my vision. Hallelujah. Because this is what we be doing now. They'd be saying, oh, Jesus, help them more. And that old boy would get up, try to get up. He'd get up. You ain't prayed through yet, son. Come on. They'd go to get up again. You ain't sanctified yet, boy. Get back down there. Oh, God, give it to him, Jesus. I've seen them do it two or three times. Go get up. No, baby. Uh-uh. It ain't over yet. You ain't got it yet. Just get on back down there. Some of you be done got offended, done left, stomped out of here and put on Facebook. Them people tried to keep me. And then all the haters would be commenting on there. You say, that's the cult. That's them. That's them. That's how they work. That's what they do to you. They try to hold you down there. They try to keep you. They don't want you to get up. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But how many lift your hands right now and say, I wish I had some 90-year-old elders that pushed me back down in the floor and say, keep a praying. Keep a seeking. Keep a searching. Keep a looking. Oh, it's going to be worth it when you get a hold to it. Hallelujah. Come on, CJ, I ain't getting to my text today. Come on, lift your hands all over this house and say, I'm going to stay till I get, I want healing. I I want healing for me and my family. I I want healing for my children. I I want healing in my roots. I I want healing in my trunk. I I want healing in my branches. I I want healing in my fruit. (laughs) Lift your hands all over this house and give him glory. Old brother Buzzard, Leon Buzzard. One of his teachers, he's in second grade. You know when the second grade teacher's calling your name, it's the first day of class. <laughs> she said, Leon Buzzard. He said, No, ma'am, it's just Buzzard. Just plain Buzzard. It's all right. It's an Indian name. It's just Buzzard. Preached a message on snake eyes. The roll of the dice. That's some powerful preaching. But old brother Buzzard, he said, I love it when the Jehovah's Witness knocked on my door. He said, I call him in. And I said, you sit over there. I'm going to sit over here. So I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. He said, I get to praying and the Holy Ghost come on me. He said, I get up from praying and the Holy Ghost, they done gone. They wasn't nowhere in the house. They done left. He's an Indian, full-blooded Indian, about this tall. His shoe heels, because he had diabetes, about his shoe heels, about this this thick. He had some problems with his feet. He grabbed me and picked me up. He said, boy, I love having church with you. He's one of my great friends. Man, I'm off on all these older things. I got to, I got to touch and handle and be around some of the greatest in this ministry on their way out. 
And I can't be satisfied with nothing less. I'm telling you, when you walk in, we went for King in a market in a, in, in, in a mission field. He slept on a cot this thin. He wouldn't spend no money on food. He wouldn't spend no money on sleeping. We slept with the bugs was crawling on us. I learned later by Sister Kalinsky and them I could stay in a motel, rest, eat good, and be healthy to preach. But not went for King. All his money. He had roof houses. Sometimes he didn't even have a car to drive because he gave everything away. Nothing they had was owed. Debt-free. Land, buildings, everything he touched, God blessed. Sometimes he didn't even have a car. And in the ministry, my ministry, I was from there. That was my base. And all out in that movement, people say, jealous of his ministry. Say, Where does he get all that money to give to them churches in them foreign fields? I said, he works, and he saves, and he gives. I'm going to tell you something. You'd think he was a king over there. But when that joker walked in, I have I seen it with my own eyes. We walk at markets just to buy fruit for the housewoman we're staying with to cook. And she was buying it. He wanted us to experience the market. And we'd be walking in the market like this. And demon-possessed people would jump up. Ah! And scream and spin and fall at his feet. He didn't even take the time to touch them. He'd say, come out! And they'd vomit devils right there. And he just kept walking. I was like, hey, we're going to finish right here? It was over. They delivered. They'd be at church that night. Brother Buzzard, I'm done, I promise. I got off on him to get off on him, got off on that. He's at a gas station. He said, Hey, boys pump. Yeah, he said, You know what? You know what they got? They having a revival up there on that hill. You ever been to that church? That boy said, No, sir. He said, You won't believe this, but they got a buzzard singing up there. He said he sings and he preaches. Or he plays the guitar, sings and plays the guitar. That boy said, what? He said, I'm telling you, there's a buzzard up there. They got a buzzard that sings. He said, you need to come here and hear him sing. Hear that buzzard sing. That old gas pump boy come to church that night, and he's sitting there waiting for the buzzard. Brother Leon got up and said, my name's Leon Buzzard. I'm glad to be here tonight. That old boy just laughed. He got saved, though. <laughs> he was in that church. Old Brother Buzzard, the, the Indian governmental people that come in and try to take care of Indians, he said, I used to have fun with them. He said, they come in. They want to talk to me about my heritage. They want to be sympathized with me that the Americans stole the land. He said, they come in. He said, I put on a show, boy. He said, they come in. He said, I know what you're here for, you bunch of Americans. He said, they back up again. He said, you come in and stole our land. You come in and took away our way of life. You're going to put us on these reservations. Boy, he's just giving them trouble. He said, I'd, I'd talk rough with them. He said, till they beat them backed up in the corner, about got the hand on the doorknob. He said, then I'd say, but you brought us the greatest thing on the face of the earth. If you hadn't come, I'd have never known, but you brought us the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you hadn't brought the gospel, I'd still be bound to my sin and my, 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 my traditional ways. But you brought salvation. Praise God. Woo! He said, then I'd preach the gospel to him. But he said, I was praying for the Holy Ghost. That's why I got off because he sought. That's what you got. Lord, I'm going to seek you till I get. He said, I, I got to seek him for the Holy Ghost. He said, me and my brothers and sisters, we was all young. He said, I told mom I want the Holy Ghost. She said, you just bring to pray for the Lord to fill you. He said, 
I prayed. We was in a so many weeks revival several nights. He said, I prayed with all my heart. He said, I couldn't get through. He said, all of a sudden, he said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I had a bad attitude when it come to washing dishes. He said, my brothers and sisters, he said, he said, they, we'd fight over washing dishes. He said, never not a revival. He said, I've been fussing, fighting. He said, I've been mad for two or three days. He said, the Lord spoke to me in that altar and said, if you'll get a right attitude toward your sister and brother and your mama about them dishes, I'll fill you. He said, honey, they didn't have to wash another dish. He said, I washed dishes every night. I apologized. He said, I washed them dishes. He said, I hit that altar. He said, I got down on my knees. I started seeking. It's a simple obedience is what it was. You understand what it is? It was simple obedience. And it opened the door. He said, I got to seeking the Lord. Here's his own story out of his own mouth. I'm done right here. He got to seeking the Lord. He said, I started praying. He said, God, I want you to fill me. He said, all of a sudden, he said, I got lost in my prayer. He said, I looked up. You know, he's about this tall, a little bit on me. He said, I looked up into the heavens. He said, I was praying. He said, all of a sudden, I seen like a bright light coming down out of heaven. He said, I seen past the the, 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 the Celotex and past the, the roof and past the, the shingles all the way up in heaven. He said, that, that bright light started coming down. He said, all of a sudden, it came past the stars and the clouds. He said, it came down through the roof. He said, and some of y'all think I'm crazy, don't you? Amen. Sure enough, he said, it come down. He said, I was on my knees, young boy. He said, all of a sudden, he said, it come down through the shingles. It come down through the rafters. It come down through the ceiling. He said, it got about right there and stopped. He said, I said, God, don't stop. I want you to. He said, about that time, he said, I get up on my, my knees. And I jumped up to grab it. He said, when I did, it grabbed me. That's how he would tell it. He'd tell it if you did. He'd tell if his priest. He said, I reached up to grab it and it grabbed me. He said, it still got me today. And it ain't turned me loose all these years. He said, I've been. what you got to do, Caden. You got to get in this floor. And if it don't happen here, you got to go home and let it happen there. If it don't happen there, it's got to happen on the way to school. But I want it. I want healing. I want deliverance. I want it in my life. Somebody lift your hand and say it's called praying through. Praying through. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all in trouble. Hallelujah. My little wife done text me while I'm preaching. Hallelujah. She done text me. You know what she said? Go ahead and say it. Praise God. They need it. Amen. She's talking about, amen, the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes in this hour I try to make sure I don't offend people. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. But I, I, I don't say anything unless the Spirit moves on me. But I'm going to tell you it's real. It's real from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. You come too late to tell me. Amen. It ain't real. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you right now. Amen. Hallelujah. He's more real to me than you are. He's more real to me than this podium is. I've experienced him so much uh, and known him to the depths uh, that he's more real than the air that I breathe uh, and the words on my lips. Uh, hallelujah. And I want my children's children to know him. I want him to know him. Praise God. Lift your hands all over this house and say, I want him. In my roots. I'm done. I'm finished, I promise. Hallelujah. Amen. Throughout the Bible, there's always an analogy of two people. Jesus used a similar image to that. The psalm represents that. And psalms 1 is the gateway to opens up psalms. Watch this and I'm done. Jesus used him. Bible history seems to be built around the concept of two men. The first Adam, the last Adam. Cain, Abel. Ishmael, Isaac. 
Esau, Jacob, David, Saul. And Bible history culminates in Christ and the Antichrist. Two men, two ways, two destinies. You have to choose which one you are. You have to choose which one you are. Are you going to be an Esau? Are you going to be a Jacob? Are you going to be a Saul? Are you going to be a David? <laughs> two men, two ways, two destinies. You got to choose. You got to choose. You got to choose which one you're going to be, which one your family's going to be. Somebody lift your hands and say, As for me and my house, we will serve. Not we're just going to be here. We will serve. Not just we're going to go to church. We will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve his church. We're going to serve his purpose. We're going to serve. We're going to serve. If that's you and you want that healing in your house, start coming all over this house with your hands lifted up. Don't bury yourself. Just come say, Lord, I want healing like that in my roots. The moon like the noonday sun. The sun like seven suns. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.